What's up, Drop Pod listeners? You can check out all new episodes of the Drop Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Follow and listen along. This episode is presented by All County Exteriors. All County Exteriors is a third generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior remodeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. I don't know if you saw the big cat this week. Damn, did he look good. This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulat. What is up, Drop Pod people? How we doing today? Uh, another big week that we got coming at you. Let me tell you, I am so excited for this episode. Uh, Mike and I got some big topics to talk about, but we had an interview. We sat down with the guys from Golficity. Uh, Mike and Frank, two cousins, they started this venture 11 years ago. They have almost 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. They have over 185,000 followers on Instagram. They've done over 500 podcast episodes on their, uh, on their channel. Th- these guys are YouTube golf. When you talk about the industry leaders of putting out golf content on YouTube, these guys are second to none. Uh, it was so awesome to sit down with them and, and pick their brains, hear some stories, hear what they have to say. These guys are big time, but they are super, super humble. It was, it was really an awesome conversation. Make sure you stick around. It was a fantastic interview that we had with them. You're not going to be disappointed with it. Mike, am I wrong with that? We had, we had an awesome time with no, them. Listen, those, those guys I, were I, phenomenal. There's sometimes you say everything very well that there's no need for me to chime in. And that conversation was one that you and I could have continued for hours probably. Because I think the one thing that you'll hear in the interview is their series of Inside the Gates is second to none. Especially when you're talking golfing in the Garden State. They had a unique opportunity to go inside many of the top 20 golf courses here in New Jersey. It is something that they talk about. It's something you can go watch. So again, you have to stay tuned and listen to that interview. Yeah, it was, it was really, and, and you know what, Mike, we talk about all these guests and like how good it was. We ended the interview, like we wrapped it up and we talked to them for another 15 minutes and like we could have kept it rolling. And it just goes to show like how, how generous with their time, how awesome, how humble, how 
you know, running out of adjectives to say how how terrific these two guys were. So it's it was really a lot of fun, really a good a good time. Mike, I know you got some breaking news for us. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us? Yeah, there? I got a couple things. I got a couple things here written in the notebook that I think I'd love to share because I think like a lot of people, you the winter's coming, and I know that you know daylight savings time hits us hard because now it gets darker sooner. And I'm of the thinking that I'd love to have light later in the day, but I guess, you know, with daylight savings, you can't really have that. So, you know, I start thinking like, oh man, I can't wait until next spring because I know the clubs are starting to, you know, get put away in the garage. So I started doing some, you know, thinking ahead and seeing like, all right, let's just see if any of these major associations have their tournament venues picked out for, for next year. Now I know I may be early with this, but Let's start thinking ahead. Let's start planning. Let's start grinding in, in the off season. Let's figure out what we need to do because when I tell you some of these venues to where the championships are being held, now these are not qualifiers. These are the championship events that if you make it through the qualifiers, you'll play in. I I am like giddy to tell you some of these. Mike, are so, the are the qualifiers out yet? No, the qualifiers just are not the, out. Just yet. the championships are up. Okay. Just the championships. So let's start with Hit me. where let's start where the New Jersey or the NJSGA Open is being held. This one's being held at Plainfield Country Club. I feel like I've heard of that place. Small little yep. location. They can play on only cream, nine hills. Cream of the crop. You qualify for the NJSGA Open, you get to go play at Plainfield, one of the top 20 courses here in the state of New Jersey, arguably to some people top five, some people top three, and some people it is their number one spot. Our boy Ryan Hager works out of there. Again, hard to argue about Plainfield. Next up is the NGSGA Amateur, which is going to Forest Hill Field Club out in Bloomingfield. Bloomfield. 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 Yeah, that's, I completely butchered that, but Forest Hill Field Club is hosting the NGSGA Amateur at Bloomfield. In, holy hell. In Bloomfield. You might need to backtrack. In Bloomfield. Yeah, my God. <laughs> I might need to move over that one right, real quick. Um, so, yes, the NJSGA Amateur is at Forest Hill Field Club in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Third time's a charm there. <laughs> Next, let's talk about the four ball. You know, because that was one of the events that, you know, I was fortunate to get to get lucky in and play. That was a personal year, one for us. The, this year, yeah. We, Jim Nance was a lot wrong along the, the ride. Right. <laughs> I saw. Um, this year's four ball is going to Hollywood. Another top 20 golf course. Arguably for some people, top five. That's a top for 10. You know what, yeah, listen. Hollywood hosting this year's NJSGA four ball. Hollywood. Okay. Next up is the mid-am for the NJSGA. Now, another one right in our wheelhouse because this is prime pickings for people like us in this age category. This is going down to Union League National. Now, I know we will get into that one a little later in this episode, (laughs) but I will save my... Thoughts for that, and I know some people may say, like, wow, we're going south, but that is something I know I've spoken to some people over there at the NGSGA about, but they are finally venturing south on the parkway 
for a major championship. So those courses right off the bat, and what is those, four of the championships that they hold, five of the championships, I don't even know at this point, but they are cream of the crop venues. Cream of the crop. Yeah, those are, if you're going to host major championships here in New Jersey, we always talk about how good the golf courses are here, but sometimes the rotation doesn't hit all top ones. And while Forest Hills isn't in the top 25, the other four are. Hollywood, Union League, Plainfield. The other three are. <laughs> uh the that's that's incredible those courses are are amazing good for them that they were able to make that that work out i don't want to say like good for good for the njsga to to make that work or good for good for these organizations because it's a it's a two-front thing like the clubs are giving up their course time their members are giving up their course time that they pay good money for so it's a it's a negotiation, no doubt it is, and and neither side wants to make it, um, you know, a one-sided agreement, so to speak. But but that's good that they were come to an agreement on on such top-notch courses like that. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, Playing I mean, field, listen, that's so, huge. Yeah, I mean, so you got you got cream of the crop, and I know Forest Hill doesn't fit in that top twenty mold, but Tillinghast revived that place it's it's minutes away there from from manhattan hoboken jersey city area so you got a you got a nice four course selection there when they start to release their this information you know which will probably be coming out this month so i i heard it i got the green light to to pass it along so i think i had to share that with everybody because i know we have some you know our audience members are competitive golfers you know so if that doesn't get the juices flowing a little bit like hey listen i got if i get my game in shape over the winter get ready you've got some pretty nice choices if you gotta get through yeah so i was i was dealt that little nugget and then i got another nugget. nugget then i got another nugget today you know i thought this was again this hit close to home this hit close to home because I know, I know, here he goes again, Manasquan River, here he goes. But it will be the first time ever that Manasquan River hosts an MGA major. They will be hosting the Mid-Amateur Championship next year at Manasquan River. If that is not unbelievable, considering this year's MGA Mid-Am was at the Country Club of Fairfield. Now, I know some of us on the outside of New Jersey may not know that golf course or things like that, but, you know, another Rainer-built, designed golf course, okay? Um, But I think more specifically what stood out in that tournament this year was two of our guys battled a playoff with Costanza, Mark Costanza, defeating Brad Tilly. Two guys that are on the podcast, huge numbers on the podcast. Two of our guys. And now... And now they're taking their talents, hopefully, to Manasquan River. So for me, that is a groundbreaking thing because for all the things that have that Manasquan has hosted in the past, so on and so forth, they've never hosted an MGA major, and they are getting one 
next year. Huge, huge, huge. That is and rather far south for an MGA event. So good for them. Again, going to Union League for the for the state, New Jersey, and the MGA going, you know, quote unquote south for to Manasquan. That's awesome. Uh, remember, if you need Mike's phone number, he is giving out 30-minute installments for $100 an hour. His phone number is... You can call him. He'll give you some info on it. Yeah, so I listen. I, I got those that information this week. I, I thought about it. I said I got to pass that along to all the listeners, all the followers, because... Again, we emphasize this over and over and over again, but when you're talking golf in the Garden State, there is not a better state in the country that has the golf from the north to the south to the east to the west the way we do here. No. Mike, it's funny you say that because just recently I was talking to somebody about that. Maybe we were talking about that with the Golficity guys. That might be who we were talking about. Like honestly, the only ones that rival us, I think, California, New York, and then like Arizona. Those are those are really the four that that you could argue. And then I would make the argument that sure, you have a ton of great golf courses, but look how small New Jersey is compared to all those states. And if you want to argue New York, I would argue that those are New Jersey adjacent because you're not talking about like upstate New York necessarily. You're more talking about Long Island. So those are within Jersey a bull range and 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 we just have it compacted to such a smaller area than than they do out in California or Arizona. So it's uh it's a it's a a small race but we're definitely up there for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so that was that. Those couple things were written in my notebook. Um, I had to get that off my chest and get that out there because this is the Drop Podcast, and we're all about dropping little nuggets here and there. So there's there's a little tidbit for everybody. But the last thing I want to I want to get your opinion on, okay? Um, but I don't know if you saw the big cat this week. Yeah, listen, I know he was down at Cabo checking out the golf tournament for the PGA Tour, was at his tournament. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Tiger caddying for Charlie for three days, lugging the bag around while walking. Damn, did he look good. He looked good. He did not have a a limp this time, which the last time we saw something, he was using his club as a cane. So he, he's definitely improved. And maybe he was using it as a cane to kind of throw us off the scent a little bit. But he definitely, there was no hitch in the giddy up this time. He was, his, his I'll, go, I'll go physical therapist. His gait looked even <laughs> as he walked. He, he definitely didn't seem to be having a problem on that. So I don't know if that equates to winning the Masters like you do. But he definitely is currently able to walk without any kind of hindrance well i'll say this we do know there's a couple end of the season tournaments that he has now put on his schedule that he tries to get ready for one of them is that is the you know father child event down there in florida which i think that him and charlie have circled as something they'd like to take from the dailies 
and his own little event out there in the Bahamas, the Hero. I think those are, and if you notice at the Hero, there's one tournament exception still available or exemption, whichever the word applies better. But <laughs> there's one available left. They didn't name that person. Just hint, hint who that may be. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the TGL starting in January on ESPN. And hold I'm on, if he you, wanted to I, join the hero and there were no sponsor exemption, he would just join the hero. It's his tournament. He's just going to jump in if he wants to. Well, they may listen, have to I'm leave that saying, open, but if he's like, yeah, I'm just saying, he could show up Thursday and be like, hey guys, I'm in the field. And they're like, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this now on this day of November, what is, I don't even know what today is, November 8th, 2023. Okay, because we're going to come back to this in April. Tiger Woods will win the 2024 Masters. Bet it now because you're not going to find better odds because as the new year turns and we get into April, you're, you're going to look back to this comment and be like, holy hell, I should have believed you. The guy looks great. If he can walk, he can win. Can he walk the Augusta Hills? He's carrying his son's bag for three days. You Did do you see any mountains Augusta, that he was climbing over? Do you realize in Augusta he just walks? Yeah. Someone carries his own bag. I'm aware. All right. Well, I think you're, I think you're you out might, of your mind. I would love to see wanna, it happen. I always say this. I would love to see it happen. On it. But at some point, we got to count Tiger out. You, you got to say that he's, he's in his late 40s. He's coming off this second surgery of the, of the leg. Like at some point, we gotta we gotta we gotta release Tiger into the wild. I'm just saying, of all people, we're not releasing him. That man just like he's like a Terminator. You think he's down and out? Somehow he just everything regenerates, regrows. Have you seen the Terminator? Re- you know that movie. I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I, don't, I can't really tell. But I do know when that guy gets knocked down, he regenerates all his things and he comes back stronger. And I'm telling you what, you might want to put a hundo on it and then thank me later. Do you know his odds? What are his odds? Does he have any yet? I don't know. I don't know. We'll do some Googling and get back to you. All right, Mike, can we talk about the day we had today? Let, let's talk about it. I mean, I... I I mean, I think this spot was one of those ones that you think's a possibility and you put some feelers out there and you kind of see how how it, you know, looks and seems. But I think as we've grown, people have started to realize that, you know, we are two guys that are looking to talk, experience, play all things golf in the Garden State. And that's we're genuine and authentic about that. And again, like once people sit down and talk to us and meet us, they truly do realize that. And I think this is just another one of those things because we had ourselves an absolute gem of a November day at at Union League National. Gem is an understatement. I really really am trying to find better words because people talk about golf courses, right? Like, oh, that place is mint. It's so pure there. It, it, it runs amazing. Everything pops. Like you have the, like the generic golfer things that people say for a course. It's beautiful. This place had, for me, had high expectations and it superseded those expectations drastically. 
We've all seen the pictures that get put out. Evan Schiller does a tremendous do- job with with his pictures, and particularly after the $23 million redo that they did here at Union National, Union League National. And, and I was so excited to get here. I was dying to... This is a place that I was like, that's a stretch place, right? I'd like to reach there. That could be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, let's... Let's get there. It's very far south from me. It's rather exclusive. This whole new redo has changed everything. I get all that. I was so excited to get there that, I, I mean, I was nervous playing. Legitimately nervous. And because I'm so excited to get there, you know, like you want to play well at a place that you've been, that you've been excited at, right? You don't always get those, like, you're not always geeked up to play those kind of those kind of places. Like I'm sure you were when you went to Pine Valley. Everybody knows Pine Valley. You're definitely you're definitely like nervous, anxious, excited, all those that like you want to play well and and you know, can you can you bring your game? This place was this place was aces. You know, you want to go hotel rankings. I gave it a 5 aces rating. It was tremendous. I, I loved every second of it. It was beautiful. It was it was challenging. It was challenging but accepting. Like if you put it in the right spot, you put yourself in good spots, you were good to go, like you showed us. Or like I showed us, you put yourself in bad spots and you're screwed. But it, it was it was so so good. I cannot say enough nice things about it. It was all those things. Mint all capital M I N T Mint pure capital p u r e it was it was outstanding loved every second actually, of it i'm actually surprised you can spell those all, all accurately but nonetheless i they have three nines out there for people that don't know okay all named out of no aimed after us generals okay mead grant and sherman those are the three nines out there their quote tournament course i believe is grant to sherman that's kind of how jake mentioned it to us and Jake and Jack, I can't emphasize how kind of, of two individuals they were again for us meeting them for the very first time. Mm -hmm. They opened their doors, opened their arms and said, listen, what, what is ours is yours for the day. Enjoy it. So, um, so accomplished. So open. Again, we talk about all the time, Mike, how great the people are and, and Jack and Jake are, are no different. Came over to us on the range. Hey, how you doing? Looking forward to having you out here. Like just just chatting with us. It was so such a great experience with them. Yeah. So I mean, in our round, we played the Mead Nine first, which I think, from the audience perspective, when you see a lot of Evan Schiller's pictures, who does another phenomenal job. Like a lot of those pictures that you've seen are from the Mead Nine, specifically that that fourth hole the par four that has all the surrounding bunkers and then the fifth hole, the par three that kind of goes down the hill. But then when you look back up has like different levels. The tiers. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what you've seen with his picture. So that's a lot of on the mead side. So we played the mead, the first nine, and then we headed over to, to the grant side, which no doubt in terms of difficulty, the grant side was definitely harder. Um, we did not get to see Sherman cause it was closed, but I would say, the Mead Nine was definitely, I mean, every hole there, I felt like you and I had our phones out taking pictures of everything. It was like a post, postage stamp of every single hole. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to, 
actively put my phone away, Mike, and be like, look, if I want a picture, Mike's got it. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I gotta put my phone away because, because it got distracting at, at a at a point. And I, I recorded three holes out there. I'm gonna put that video out, put that together. But I recorded every shot for three holes, and and that'll go up on the YouTube. So make sure you follow along for that. It's not gonna be out right away, but we're gonna put that out there. But but even aside from that trying to take pictures of all the things that were out there. And then it got to a point where like, I know that it doesn't do it justice because I don't have the equipment that someone like Evan has. I don't have the drone fly. Like I would love to get a picture of that fourth hole with all those bunkers from, from right in front of that middle bunker, like 30 feet in the air. I think that that picture is got to is. That's a great question it, for Evan. I wonder if he even has it. He probably has that picture. Right. So there's there's those kind of things where just like it, it was so stunningly beautiful. It it really was. It, again, you've seen all the pictures, and we always say that golf course pictures never live up to their. Like you look at a picture, like oh that's beautiful, and it's like it must be even more beautiful in real life. And in, Evan does a, a an outstanding job with his pictures. He he really he's. He's tops in the business. And this course did better than what his pictures show. It, it, again, it didn't disappoint in any way, shape, or form. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, to me, that, that fourth and fifth hole are, are two holes that I know I won't forget. I mean, those two on the, uh, on the meat side were just simply... Simply amazing. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the, how else to say. And I think it was the seventh... Oh, I guess it was what the eighth hole on the Grant side was at the par five that we had to carry over the water there. Yeah. 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 That was the one hole on the Grant side that really stood out to me that mm-hmm. you had to had a decent drive, like two thirty five to cover listen, everything. Peop- yeah. It made people say, may say two thirty five in the air is nothing like, okay, like I apologize, <laughs> but for one of them, for us, like, Hey, listen, that's a, that's a decent poke in the air. Yeah. Um, you know, so hey, listen, I, I, I got the, I would say the one thing that, may not have been perfect was they did aerate the greens about two weeks ago. So there were some, some spot situations there on the greens and and I can see the greens getting very tricky because even some of the pins that we saw were very, very difficult. Oh my God. There was a couple that were just flat out diabolical. Yeah. And, and I can see on a normal, you know, summer, spring day when it's hot and those things are rolling it could get a little dicey out there, and and it could get probably pretty frustrating. I, I could see that. A hundred percent, a hundred. There's there's no doubt there. There, the greens were a lot bigger than I thought they'd be, and they did a really good job in their redesign of putting multiple tiers. Might not be the right word, but like multiple sections of the green where you have like mounds in the green where if you're on the correct side of where the pin is. You're going to have maybe not a flat putt, but you don't have to go up and over much undulation or anything like that. Whereas if you're on the wrong side, you're like, hey, I'm going for the middle of the green. And you hit the middle of the green, but the pin is back right. You may have to go uphill, over a mound, and then downhill into a swell. And that's going to be impossible to keep any kind of, to, to get it close, to be quite frank. So, yeah, they had some really tough spots. That is a... That's a really good golf course, and for them to be hosting an event, I'm I'm super excited about because 
as they told us, the mead they think is their, uh, Jack and Jake both thought the mead was their, their easier of the three. And then Grant and Sherman is their, their championship uh, 18. And it, it was very true. Uh, not to say that Meade was easy by any means. You, you played phenomenally. Um, but it was definitely harder. Grant was definitely harder than Meade was. And when you have a, an event with that kind of caliber golfer coming to it, you're going to want to really bring out who, who the best golfers are. And I can see I can see some really high scores in that event for sure, especially with you know when you look at Manasquan this past year. You know some guys in the nineties. You're going to have the same this year. It, it was it, it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean Manasquan, yeah, the, I mean, the, the AM that we that we saw. Yeah, that was the AM there. This will be the mid AM at, at Union League, so it's a, maybe a little bit different clientele. Not to say that you know the mid AM golfers aren't very very good here because I mean God, I mean we could go on a rant under all those guys too, but. I mean, listen, I think the, reno- but the high, renovation But my bot, point is high scores are out there. There's no doubt they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think what, what you know, and, and for people that don't know what Union League National was, I, I, you know, a little history here is like, this is the old Sand Barons. So I know maybe back in the, you know, mid-90s, early 2000s, like this was still accessible. People played Sand Barons. And then it kind of like, got bought out and, and, you know, these guys came in, Lee, Union League came in and dumped, like you said, $23 million in. And, and Dana Fry, who is one of the architects who originally built Sand Barons, came in with Jason Schrocka and completely redid this whole place. I mean, from top to bottom, you would not even recognize a single hole from what Sand Barons was to what Union League National is today. Um so I can't emphasize it enough. I mean, know, Mike, they moved. Just, they, didn't he? Didn't uh, Jake yeah, say what, they what moved was the number? two million cubic tons of dirt? Wasn't yeah, that was what it is? Like they dug out. Outrageous. He said it was rather flat. I mean, there were there were parts of this that I, I said out there. It looked like Ireland. Like they had these big like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like not mountains or hills, but like what's the. Different types of grass there was all even the there. grass, but Man, like the man-made mounds. Yeah, like the know, mounds like that vegetation, you're, the, the vegetation. But just like having the mounds know. of the different sides of the holes, it was it was. They did a ton of work. I never saw it before Sam Barons, but you again, you look at the pictures. They have the the before and the afters are out on the Instagram and everything, and it's it was again wow spectacular. The other hole, the other hole to me on the Grant side that kind of stood out was. Was that that second hole? Was that the par three? That no, was the only, par three like, is the third know, hole. The third hole. Okay, the third hole. Like tiny little green. You know, maybe like a hundred and forty yards, hundred and thirty yards. Mm-hmm. But again, that green you missed. That green left. Forget about it. Which I did. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You did do that. Yeah. And and um, you go into this waste bunker. That's you got to cover. You know what? What was the number? I want to say it was like one seventy something, and and you had to yeah, cover one hundred and fifty of it. Like the majority of it was carrying over this waste bunker. Waste bunker kind of continues around to the left side of the green. The right side has a a false front, false front, major false front that drops into this little gully there. It it was uh, and then and 
if you hit a poor enough shot, you can get into more waste bunker that's kind of next to the tee box there, which I was lucky enough to find uh, after my second shot out of the first waste bunker on the left. So it was, you know, it was kind of all over. But but yeah, a beautiful, beautiful hole that that was a small green that that. Again, they had that bunk that pin tucked tight front left behind the bunker that kind of stuck out. Yeah, that was a that was a tough pin location. I mean, and then I think the last thing I think I I have to bring up is how about the halfway house with the patio chairs out there? I mean, that is your spot. Yeah. A hundred days out of a hundred days. I mean like that is you sitting up there overlooking everything it's in the I mean, perfect spot too mike i mean they got this old for those that don't know it's a, it's an old like iconic airbus van like uh, or airstream van um that that they've turned into you know refrigerator it's probably got a, a flat top inside it was closed when we played it but again they must have you mentioned the Adirondack chairs. They must have 30 or 40 Adirondack chairs because it's up on like a pedestal that looks out over at least five holes, Mike. Uh, uh, and and that's just in its immediate vicinity, let alone looking in the distance. So, yeah, you could you can definitely hang out there for a long time and watch some golf go by. Um, and and even I'll mention this, you know, we, we went inside, used the, used the locker room for – for uh, a minute, not a huge spot, but beautiful. Has everything you need. Had two showers in it. Um, you know, cubbies for the for the members there were which were which were nice. It was the inside there was was uh, I don't want to say like it wasn't anything to write home about. Like it wasn't it wasn't huge or expansive, but man, it was it was it was definitely like a bright vibe in there, and it was great. And and bartender Dave made a great cocktail, so. Uh, I can. I, and then the last thing, the last thing about the day, obviously before we tee off, I put a little Instagram story out there. You know, I said, okay, combine. Now I'll put this out there for the audience. We played the black slash blue combo tees, which was roughly 6,900 yards. Um, and we played the Mead and the Grant nines and the Instagram post said, you know, combined Ryan and I will shoot what we had. A hundred less than 160. We had 161 to 170. We had 171 to 180 or greater than 180. And for those people that voted, which were quite a few of you that said we were going to go over 180, I'm a little disappointed in you guys. I am. That's hurtful, is what it is. Just but hurtful. Mean. Com- combined, we shot. 174. Now, I don't know if specifically you want to say the numbers, but the bulk of the audience that voted that day chose between 171 and 180. So they were spot on. The audience and followers are starting to know who we are, (laughs) what type of game that we have. But our total for the day this past weekend was 174. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say Mike carried me on that on that one seventy four. 
was it was a rough it was a rough day out there for me. I did not my my uh, my game did not carry the two hours down the parkway, um, like it like it normally does. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I that that place when you and I sit down in the winter and we start talking top private golf courses that we had the opportunity to play in 2023. Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised to see that name up there for either one of us. But that is a spot that I will say this, that if you get the invitation to go play, it's a no-brainer, drop what you're doing, pack your bags, and head south for the winter. That, that's a New Jersey spot. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say hours on that one. If you are in the state of New Jersey – and, and even if you're outside of New Jersey, go play that spot. It was that good. It really was. The, we talked about it when we did the, the Golficity guys, and we talked about like the rankings uh, when they did their um, behind the gates, inside the gates. Inside the gates. The, you're not breaking into the top five of the state, right? Pine Valley. Lower, Somerset, Upper, Plainfield. Yeah, I'd even say Essex County may be in there and Upper may be out. Essex is, is lower. I'm just going with what the list... Uh, like, what is the list? Okay, so, so let's do this. Let me give you the list. And then I'll tell you where I was going with it. So, obviously, like I said, Pine Valley's number one. Okay? Okay. Then you got yeah. Baltusrol Lower... Okay, number two. Then you okay. got Somerset Hills, number three. Okay. Then you get Baltusrol Upper, number four. Okay. Plainfield, number five. And, okay. and as we talk about in the interview, there's courses that are below this that are going to be top three in any other state. But where you, you're not breaking any of those, right? And I could still argue that Ridgewood... Ridgewood is six. Wow, okay. So, so you're really not breaking into the top six anyway because you got a course that hosts PGA majors is sixth on the list. So, so really, like, when you look at it, you're not, you're not getting very high on the list if you're in the list. Is Union League listed? In that it, list? So that, yes, this is where I'm getting at, right? So, okay. so to say, like, you're not breaking into the top six because those are established. The longevity of those six is not getting moved, right? Tons of history. Exactly. Tons of history. Tons of history. So then seventh, Galloway. Ever heard wow. of it? Wow. What? Really? Yeah. That high? That high. See, I love Galloway. Never in a million years would I thought Galloway's number seven. Okay, so so let me ask you this. Hollywood or Galloway? Hollywood. Okay, Hollywood's eight. Galloway's seven. Okay, I need it. And this is, you this gotta, topic, we got to get your boy topic, on there. We got to get this, this golf be, digest guy that on there to this talk may about be this. Another, this may be a topic for another day because I could dive deep into this list. And we're going to at some point because we're going to talk, we're going to wrap up our summers. I just wanted to kind of show you the list that those guys, because they're going to talk about the list as well. <clears throat> so we should know. Your course, number nine, Bayonne. Liberty Love National. I got to get there. Liberty National, 10. Trump Bedminster, the old course, 11. Mountain Ridge, everyone's talked about Mountain Ridge, 12. Essex County, you just mentioned, 13. Wow, I thought they'd be higher. Okay. The Ridge at Backbrook, 
One that you and I both love. 14. And then... Union League's better. Union League's better than the rich. And then you got Union League. Now, Union League is new. So maybe they were like, okay, this is kind of where it fits in. I, I don't know. Maybe stuff still needed to grow or whatever. In my opinion... Now, this is without playing Mountain Ridge, which everybody loves. Haven't played Essex County. Played the Ridge. I, I, I would agree. I think that Union League is better than Mountain Ridge. Uh, I think Arcola is. I think Arcola is better than 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 the Ridge. Than than the Ridge. Yeah. So again, we're, we're going to debate. Where's that Arcola in- on that list? Uh, but listen, this could be a topic that you and I spend hours. Uh, Arcola is sixteen. So. Okay. We're, we, we could spend hours, and I'm sure we are at a later when we put out all of our summer ones. My point is, though, Union League is new to the list. It's starting at 15. It's not going to break into the six, but it's going higher. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I'd be shocked if it is, is not in the single digits at some point in the next year, two years, three years. And, and of course, that's not on the list, Mike. And I'm just going to mention this, and, and we're just going to leave it there. I don't need to hear any other comments. Nothing else like that. North Jersey Country Club. You want to know what they are? NR. Not rated. NR. So, again, we're going to get into that at another point. But just to kind of show you, th- this, place is <clears throat> this place is already ranked highly in the state, and it's going higher. There's, there's, it, it can only go up. So it was tremendous. And again, that, that's, uh, Mike, that's going to kind of lead us into our guys at Golficity that we spent uh, you know, about an hour with, chatting it up. That's their inside the gates. That's, they got to play a whole bunch of those courses in the top 25 in the state and, and uh, put out a video series. So um, shameless plug for them. If you're not following them, go to, go to their YouTube channel. Check them out. They're, they're 15, 18, 25-minute episodes of of the courses they go through some history there i mean how cool was it seeing uh, they have a shot where they they're looking at a a member's log of a meeting that had thomas edison like signed into a meeting he's a member at essex county country club so like that was really cool to see to hear the stories about how they stayed at Baltusrol the night before. There's that golden hour, and then they go out and play the next day. Like so many, so many cool stories. So if you haven't, if you don't follow, you don't subscribe. Golficity on their YouTube page. Same with the Instagram. Um, we had an awesome, awesome interview with them. Make sure you you stick around for that. Uh, we're gonna throw it to you now. But before we do, make sure you also follow us. YouTube, The Drop Golf Podcast, Instagram, The Drop underscore pod. Uh, Give us a follow, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Here's our interview with Golficity. Enjoy. So today's guest is is a big one here when you're talking golfing in the Garden State where we have the privilege to have um, the guys at Golficity to come on, talk a little bit about their background, their history, um, and, and more importantly, which I'm just in in love with, is their new series that they have out, finding different spots, majestical spots, top-rated golf courses here in New Jersey. Gentlemen, thanks for giving us some time to come on today's show. Appreciate it. Good yeah, to be here. Happy to be here. 
So, so let's kind of get started with, with your backstory. Um, I, I think that's something that I have kind of followed from a distance. And since Ryan and I've started this thing is, has, I've started to do a little more research and following up and be like, man, that is a, a nice thing they got going. Um, but, but the reality is I know it just doesn't start there. Obviously this is a lot of work behind the scenes, the grinding, you know, all the different things I'm sure that you guys do to get to where you are today. Um, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background of that? Yeah, I'm going to have Frank tell you. He tells it so eloquently. <laughs> but we, it does go way back, though, boys. It goes way back. It goes way back, but... 11 years now. On the same token, it feels like a blur. Yep. It, it, sometimes it's hard to believe we've been doing this for 11 years because it, it just does seem so quick. And sometimes we look back and we're like, well, how long ago was that? The funny story like of how it got started, a lot, a lot of people think because we have the same last name that we're brothers, but we're actually cousins. Our fathers are brothers. And... um. I had started with golf when I was young. I played some high school golf and things like that. And I got away from it for about 10 years while I was in college and grad school. And you guys know how that goes. It's easy to kind of get away from the game when you get tied up. But I had finished with all that. You know, I'm an adult. I'm like, I'm, I'm rediscovering the game. We, You know, I find some people have that journey where they get into golf or get back into golf later in life. But at the very same time, Mike was just first taking up the game. Like we both also came from many other sports. Mike played a lot of baseball mm-hmm. I played football, things like that. So we had that background, but it was at a point where he was taking up the game and I was getting back into it. And it was just like almost a fresh start in, for both of us. And we were just talking one day and like we noticed we talking a lot about golf and about what we were doing. And we were like, you know, just for the heck of it, even if it's just for us, let's just document it in some way of how we're enjoying the game, how we're learning the game. So blogging was popular then. And- blogging was like kind of the thing 11 years ago. So we, we got started there with a blog. We were just kind of typing out some of the tips that we had learned. You know, what we knew back then was like the, a lot of the instruction that was coming was coming from, you know, professionals. And there was this always this kind of this thing where they they made it seem like so simple, but it was easy to them and like hard to us. And we're like, we need someone to explain this the way we can understand it. So we figured let's learn what we can and then kind of disseminate it to other people who are at the same level as us. So we did that for a little while. And then at the time, too, with the job I was working, I had a long commute. I was driving an hour each way every day. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts and and podcasts were just starting to really get any type of traction 10 years ago. So I think there was one other podcast on about just golf one at the time. Yeah. Golf, golf smarter. smarter was yeah. The other one that was out there. So I listened a little bit to that, but I'm like, you know what? Let's start a podcast. And the other reason I have jokingly say, cause there is truth to it. Whenever we would go out like you know with our wives they would always complain why are you guys always talking about golf <laughs> right so we're like listen let's at least carve out an excuse one night a week where we'll just talk we about golf an hour for an hour <laughs> and we'll record it yep. so it started off uh zoom calls google hangouts however we could do it uh from our bedrooms at night recording and it just kind of grew from there uh, we did say it took about three years before anyone even listened to the show yeah there was nobody out there <laughs> I, I think it was just the two of us just talking into the ether but <laughs> we, <laughs> hey we like i said we had our excuse to talk golf so we were happy you know and this is what we were passionate about so we were we we're doing that and then um as the podcast got traction we started to get some opportunities like media invites and things to go do things 
And we would start to do these things and we would be like, wow, I wish we could show people this. So that's where we started to bring the cameras out. And then we started the video side of it with just vlogs and just say, just experienced documentation. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of funny. Well, the first video we shot, there was a, there was a media day for 18 birdies was the company and yeah. they did in the city and it was fun. And it was like, it was, this, they were showcasing some indoor spot spot, but part of it was that they had a little competition a two man scramble uh, in, in the simulator that we were at. And the winner would get an all expense paid trip to play in the pro-am at Bay Hill. How cool is that prize? Wow. Right? That's oh, an incredible that's cool. prize. So, <laughs> no, right. So uh, this is the first time we decide we're going to start turn, bringing the cameras. So we had the cameras there with us. We were on a team. And we ended up tying another team. I believe it was two girls from golf. Two Digest, girls from golf digest. Right? Yep. So it comes down to a putt off. Uh, and Mike in a simulator, 20 foot. No, they have a, no, a, there was a real oh, okay. next to it there. Yep. So, um, this is at a place called golf and body. I don't think it's there anymore in New York city, but, uh, Mike drained a 15 foot putt. Won the thing. Won the thing. Uh, go. You got to bring one guest in your thing. So of course he brought me. I was his caddy for the for the for the event. So that became our second video became right. a uh, what do you call it? a pro am with with played with Molinar. Francesca Molinar. Wow. So but the whole experience is like a whole vlog type thing. And then like I think that's what really started to launch the the YouTube side of it. It was that whole thing, and it was right around that time that even our our greatest partner, Titleist, reached out to to you know inquire to start to work with us you know so it all started to happen in 2018 yeah. for us and that's when it was since then it's just been full foot on the pedal growing every channel the golf podcast as along with the youtube channel just step by step by step it just kept going and frank left his job last year to go full time with it so yeah it's been an incredible journey i was just gonna ask you know where i was just gonna ask are you guys at that point in 2018 are both of you working other jobs or what's oh yeah oh okay. yeah okay and then so just up until last wow. year wow yeah. it was it was a true like i said if if you if you're not passionate about your hobby it's impossible to keep up the pace because that is the fuel that drives it because i will tell you there were so many times when this was very difficult to do because you know we have kids about the same age they're you know they're they're starting to get a little bit older now but like having very young kids doing two jobs like if it wasn't something we loved doing, it would be hard to show up for what is now we just record our 501st podcast episode. And I think we've done something like 400 videos. So yeah, it, there's, yeah, there was a long time. Yeah. Thank you. There's a long time where it's just like, it, you really have to love it to keep that grind up because you're juggling a lot of a lot of things. I I joke, I laugh. I mean, it, it does get tough because well, the kids are getting older, but we we take about six trips a year now to film various projects on the road. And and I just I think I looked at Frank the other day and I said it's just incredible what we do for a living. <laughs> you know, like we're Myrtle Beach last year, Sea Island, and, and just getting around to all of these incredible golf destinations that some people may never get to in their life. So you know, yes, we have this business, but we're trying to like stop along the way and pinch ourselves and be like, wow, like, I can't believe we're here. We, you know, we, we talked about, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but we got to play Pine Valley. You know, it's an experience we dreamed about for a decade plus and it finally happened. And we probably would have never gotten there without this business. So yeah. it's been wild. Yeah, That's incredible. So when you're going, so early days, right, you guys are just getting started. You guys are, are just like, this is, 
cell phones are not what they are today, right? So are you recording on a cell phone? Are you lugging cameras around? Like, what's that, what's that early days of, like, the vlogging like? Uh, yeah, little point and shoot cameras. Like yeah. uh, the, the some of the first like digital cameras that did video, uh, and 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 they're harsh. I'll tell you. You look, go back and watch some of those videos. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. <laughs> you know, but like that's where you, you got to do. I think so many people and 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 we just we had to push through this because so many people they just they feel like they they, they see where YouTubers are that they respect and like they see how far along they are and they're like I can't do that. But if you if you scroll back, I guarantee on any of those YouTube channels, you're going to see nobody started there. So we were just like, that was the hardest part was just getting our feet wet of like what it was like to speak to a camera and do all that stuff. And we just said, we're just going to do it. You know what I mean? And and we had these little point shoot cameras and and along the way, we've adapted to whatever we need to adapt to. Like uh, I remember we filmed and this was not that long ago, it was maybe three years ago. We got the film Baltusrol lower, and at the time, the stipulation that they had for us was they said you can film it, but nothing bigger than a phone because they didn't want the distraction of a camera out there. So we did that entire vlog on our iPhones, wow. and, and to this day, it's one of our more watched videos. So I, I tell people like, yeah, like we've evolved in the in the equipment and stuff we use, and we have a production level that we want to accomplish, but in the same token you can make a good video with anything now. So it's just like, we always encourage people go out, film your rounds, go do it, like share it with the world. Why not? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I look at it from a distance and, and I, you know, 501 episodes of a podcast is unreal. Like I, you know, Ryan and I joked around when we started, we're like, you know, we're now going to be like 56 for 56 consecutive weeks. And then we, I feel like that's a lot. But when you guys say 500, I'm like, holy hell, it's a whole different world. But yeah. <laughs> I, I do think I do think people like yourselves give guys like us motivation and say, hey, listen, like everybody looks at where you are at that moment. Like, oh, you guys got over 90,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, that's insane. You guys got millions of views on certain videos. Like I see you got our guy, Lewis Kelly on there giving his million dollar drill. Like I'm like all in on what goes on. But I don't think people truly grasp the behind the scenes stuff. Like how hard is that early on? Or, and what are some things that like now as you guys have gotten to where you are, like what's the next step for guys like you? It's always for us just finding ways to get a get a little bit better. Like we know that there's a balance between like the production and like just getting the videos done to a certain extent. Like if you go too far and you really try to make the production a certain level, you may not actually get it done. But for us, it's been a lot of experimentation with new things, new formats. Um, we're finding that now, like uh, when we first started even with uh, a, with podcasting, like I said, there was no real other podcasts. And now that's exploded uh, with, with YouTube, same type of thing, especially during COVID, you know, YouTube channels popped up left and right. So what we find now, it's just finding a way to kind of have our own voice and like diversify ourselves from what's going on out there. And we found that there was some time where we were just saying like, you know, well, this is working for this guy. So let's try that. You do a lot of experimentation and what it's led honestly back to is saying like, forget what everybody else is doing. Let's just do what we want to do and just be ourselves. Yep. Because like I said, the the passion is like what drives you to keep doing it. So a big part of our Inside the Gates series where we, we did the these golf courses in New Jersey was saying like, that's what we want to do. 
we know there's some maybe a lot of people outside of New Jersey who don't care that much about it. And it might not be serving the biggest audience. It might not be the smartest play for YouTube or whatever you want to call it, but something we want to do. And we get to flex our creativity and do it that way. So for us, it's always, like I said, finding the projects that excite us, finding the formats that excite us, and then just going out there and doing it. And another big one is just like really uncovering a lot of different golf stories that are out there. Yeah. We think that the stories are are really the some of the biggest value that you just, there's so much, there's so many interesting people. We learned, met so many interesting people along the way. So that's kind of our, where our head is at going forward. Yeah, there's golf's full of it. Mike and I talk about it all the time about how, <clears throat> about how open and willing people are in the golf community. And, and a lot of them have a great story to tell. Like everybody has their, their own path and no two paths are the same. Like you could have two pros that got to be pros in vastly different ways. And th both those stories could be super interesting. It's, it's creating an avenue for them to tell it. So more people can see. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. so like getting, you know, I guess leading that into, you know, inside the gates to me, like you couldn't ask for better golf courses than what I've seen so far. And, you know, I see the promotions come out and I legitimately sit on my bed and I just watch them. And I, I love the fact that they're in that ballpark of like 25 minutes because it's never you know, it's never too long and it's never like, man, I wish they would have dove a little deeper into this or that. Like I, for me, that's a perfect amount of time, but like, what, what was that process like getting some of these like super exclusive mm -hmm. spots to open their doors <laughs> to that camera? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then on top of that, like Pine Valley. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mike did a lot of the arranging, so I'll let him tell that, that story. But one thing I will say and preface it by is that we don't do anything without the full pre-approval of the course. So I know there, there's some people and, and everybody can go do things their own way. And I'm not going to, I have no grief against anybody who does anything different ways, but like, I know you, there's ways you can go out there and just kind of sneak a camera and film it and stuff like that. We wanted to do this from the start as a celebration of the golf in New Jersey and not as an uh, exploitive yeah. thing to try to like just get views or whatever it may be. Plus we live here mm -hmm. <laughs> and we know a lot of people <laughs> and we don't want to lose our invites. Like yep. we, you, we learn really quickly. The golf industry is a small world. Yeah. You, you do something wrong by the wrong person and then you're in trouble. And I think rightfully so there's no reason to do anything sneaky. So I will say that any of the courses that you see in the series, they are directly involved in it. Um, we started pitching them back in January yeah. uh, and putting the feelers out of who right. wanted to be involved, who would allow it. And it took a lot of begging and pleading. At times. It did. It did. And the whole concept was, and I remember exactly where we, we were right in here. We we're saying, hey, what about next year we do a series that we just feature the, the golf that's here? Because we have the number one golf course, you know, arguably in the country, maybe in the world right here in our neighborhood, you know, a couple hours away, let's start right here and showcase it. And then we just stopped the media and we were like, well, how are we going to do that? We can't get in. Right. I mean, you need for a mine, member. Yeah. yeah. For, for all of them, for more, you know, it's just how are we going to get in? How are we going to, you know, get people on our side to do it? These are very private. The members don't really like it. And a lot of places did say no. So, I mean, we, we said, well, let's do this. Let's take us 25 courses on the golf digest top list in the state. They're all private, but let's just work this list and try to film as many as we can. So that's what we worked off. We started putting feelers out and it was just me like cold calling, emailing, 
we had a, you know a couple of friends within the golf world help us out and introduce us to some people along the way so that certainly helped um and that you know got people intrigued on what we were doing i mean ultimately we got i think you know eight or seven or eight yeses you know kind of right away there was a couple no's right away and then there was some no's that came back after they saw a couple of the episodes which was pretty interesting um so um, it, it was a struggle because I had to convince these clubs that are so private that we're going to come in and and I want you to show us everything. I want to go in the vaults and I want to see records and we want to make this a, a, like a documentary, you know. So, so I love that was the hard part. I love that yeah. part of it. The history part of it was so up my alley. I couldn't tell you watching yeah. you like That's go great. into the vault at Essex Country Club and see uh, uh, Edison's yeah. name, like uh, like oh my 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 history sent spidey senses were tingling it was really really cool i loved that part of it that's and, cool. and that's what yeah. lights us up about it too like this for the, this is truly a passion project we did not have any type of sponsor we did all of this out of pocket um so it was like we had to do it like what we wanted to do but like that's what it came down to with these courses was you got to keep in mind, like most times, like where any business is going to create content, it's going to be as a marketing tool, right? But none of these courses need marketing. They're all full up on membership. They've got long waiting lists, so they don't need us in any type of way. The way that they wanted to do this were the clubs that, like I said, even as, as private as they are, they've got great stories. They, they're very proud of what they do at these courses and their membership and things like that. So for the ones that wanted to just have a vehicle just to open up and allow us to show that that's where the, where like the win wins were sure. Like Mike said, there were some clubs that were just like, no, they just didn't want any part of it, but there were other ones that were like you and you can sense it. And that's why it wasn't just us on camera for the series. We wanted to put the people there on camera and let them tell their own stories too. And you can sense like the enthusiasm in their voices with it. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of them, they, they are like the first call, like, what do you want to do? Like, there's no yeah. like, you can't even bring your cell phone in here. Like, we're, we're at least we were lucky was that we had a catalog of, of videos that we've done so we can show them a basic idea. But as soon as the first thing we did after we filmed episode one was we rushed to cut it together for an internal copy that we could then push around so that people you can explain something all day. Some people need to yep. see it to understand it. Mm -hmm. So they're like, this is what we want to do. And like, Oh, that's different. You know? Cause there's a, like I said, there's a lot of other things circulating on YouTube. There's a lot of formats. People, they don't know what you're trying to do. So that then got a lot of no's turned into yeses when they saw the, and, and that's where I, I'll go back to saying like, there's a certain area where there's a value on production value. If you can invest in some production value, I, I think, some certain courses and things will rather tie their name to it. So we really went overboard as much as we yeah. could to really get the production value up on this. But <laughs> yeah, then the yes, there some more of the yeses came in, but I'll tell you, there were some that took months of approval, a lot of waiting on, Oh, well guys, the next board meeting is in X, Y, Z month. We'll pitch it at the board meeting and see how it comes back. Then we've got to ask the members if they're okay with it. So a lot of stuff to happen behind the camera that you never saw. So actually, I will tell you guys. Oh, sorry. Nope. I, I just want to say one of the coolest experiences of this whole thing. And I don't know if you really see this in the videos. You might, by the way, we've got the close out of the series. The next four episodes are going to be incredible. Just the courses that we kind of put at the end of the series here. They're going to be wild. Um, and we got to spend the night at Baltus roll 
the night before we filmed there after coming off of Hollywood on a summer night with the most beautiful golden hour sun on that golf course. Cause you guys are Jersey guys, you know, the course, yeah. you know it. So, I mean, that episode into, you know, the next one, it, the, the bangers are coming. Not, not that they're all not good, but we got some exciting stuff coming up. I, I can't wait to play that one, especially now knowing that you, that you spent the night there, that, at Baltusrol, that clubhouse, like sitting on that yeah. terrace with su- the sun setting at that golden hour, must have been yep. absolutely spectacular. So cool. Uh, and then obviously, go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to ask you. You mentioned like the behind-the-scenes stuff and and um, you know going in and filming. Who's who's doing all this? Is it is it you guys? Just you two filming and editing? Do you have like a guy that's doing a camera? Like, what's the what's the team like in the in the background there with with you guys being the face of it? Yeah, I mean, look, we could never say we did it all ourselves because yeah, no, no. that's just we, that's just not true. Like, we although we're the core of it, we've had some helping hands along the way. I, I will say, as far as coordination and stuff like that, Mike has headed that up. He's he's been the one you know calling the golf courses. Once we make a connection. He'll, you know, work with them to move on to the next one. And then I was more so coordinating a lot of the editing and things like that. So I used to edit all of our videos. It got to a point where I just could not do it or handle it anymore to the point where like I was holding us back. We needed to be able to, to get that out. So luckily about a year ago, we, we brought another editor on board who we were able to trust. who's very good at what he does. And we took about a year to kind of like get him understanding of the way we want to have our videos done. So the, when the, we did the first episode, Canoebrook, I edited that one to set the tone and the pace of what we wanted to do so that I could then pass that off as an example to the editor. After that, we had our, our one editor who edited most of the series. And then where you guys are going to see a shift, when we get to the, the Somerset episode, you're going to see a totally different style. It's a, an experimentation that we're doing there. We brought in a professional director of photography and a professional editor to really level up. I mean, people throw the words cinematic around, but we want to experiment with going cinematic to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to look like something you'd see on Netflix yep. when you see it come out. And, and part of that was also at the request of the clubs. There were some clubs that were like, if we're going to do this, it has to meet this requirement of production value. So we're like, okay, you know, this is a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike and I do, I would say 80 to 90% of the filming when we're out there. Uh, we did have a guy on the team who was helping with flying some drone. He's since moved on to another job. Um, but so I've taken the drone back and I've been doing that again. Um, and then other than, you know, the, the uh, one other editor who had come out there and do some filming with yep. us, right? it's about 80% us and then 20% of some other moving pieces. We've gotten to an incredible rhythm over these last like seven years of playing golf and passing back and forth different cameras. It's funny, even during, even now to this day, I'll hand caddies cameras, it's just not, you know what I mean? It just gets funny out there. But Frank and I, we, we just we have such a rhythm with you grab that camera, you put that. We know where to position our cameras for the best shot. We each have one out there. And like Frank said, we had a drone guy at that point, just flying drone. So we had a little bit of a production team out there to help us with this series. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. That, that's so cool yeah. to see because you look at like you look at like a, a group like foreplay that has such a massive production behind them. Obviously, yeah. it's got the four guys that are doing it. But they're never doing any of the filming. They're just 
they have got like each guy's got a camera. They got they got the claws in the cart. They got the whole the whole production, and yeah. but they have barstool funding all of that behind them, and right. it's it seems to be just you guys. So it's super interesting to see like the <laughs> the difference in like the grassrootsness, you know, for lack of a better term, to what you guys have going on, which is no longer grassroots, obviously with nearly a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. It's you know, it's no it, longer grassroots, but yeah. yeah, we joke about it often. It's oh, pure yeah. passion, though. That's why yeah, I'm able to do that's it. But one thing you'll even see, like uh, next week, we have a video outside the series that we did another like another one, just kind of a passion project. We did a Catansit Club out in Massachusetts. And for that one, that place, it, that place is amazing. It's, that yeah. whole it's, area, the whole Cape out, the whole like, whole Cape out there is like. It's unreal in terms of the golf. It, out yeah, there. no doubt. Unreal is the best way to describe it. Cause yep. it's like, I know. I, we grew up to going out there as a family and we still go out there every year to, to Falmouth Heights and we take our trip over there and the golf out there is just stupid. Nice. It, it really, really is. Good. It really is. But, yeah. Look, I, I mentioned it just because like Catanced, it was an example of that was just truly me and Mike. So when you see that video come out, yeah. like, uh, we shot that. We, there was nobody else with us that day. We shot Scripted that ourselves. the questions for the in, interviews. We shot, shot it. Um, we droned edited, it after the round. Right. We edited that. So we also, we love having some help, but we also always want to prove to ourselves like where we came from that we can still do it ourselves. So we do it when we can. But um, we still joke all the time that we always say out there, we go, wouldn't it be nice to just put the cameras on someone else and just stay microphone, just play golf. We say that, but in the same token, like, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the control. No, I don't think we can give it up. Right. Like I love, I, I have an equal part love of the game and content creation. Yeah. So if you see us playing out there, you'll see it's a crazy hustle and it, you can never fully focus on golf because you're running cameras around, but like, that's kind of also what we geek out about. Like when we sit down and we talk, we'll talk about around, we'll also talk about, Hey, I really love that camera angle. I really loved how we, you know, we flew this hole low and did this. So we enjoy it. So as much as, yeah, I, I could see like it, it would be a kind of a dream world, like the four play guys to have an entire production team just handling it and just play golf. Yeah. But I feel like we'd be giving something up. Uh -huh. I love doing it. But with that being said, like, doesn't it, you know, like with, is that able, you're able to do more of that because it is full time now in a sense, but I, I guess I shouldn't, I mean, but you, that's what you were doing even when it wasn't full time, which to me is just like, it's mind boggling. Cause I sit here and I joke around with Ryan all the time. Like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. I, I got this going on. I'm, I'm yeah. driving to soccer practice, to dance practice. And I, I'm, it's like, yeah. And then he's got to do it for his kids. You, yeah. It's just, it's like, we, we've had yeah. those moments Good many time. times and, and we just, yeah. You keep grinding through. Yeah. A lot of give up moments but way the, back early. That's also why we did the full time. They got to, especially for me, it got to a breaking point where I was just like, I felt like if I keep splitting my mind between these two jobs, I'm not going to do either one of them. Well, and I really wanted to do this. Well, like this is my passion. So I was like, it just took the gamble, took the jump and just did it, you know? And, and at the end of the day, I, I just didn't want to ever look back and have a regret and be like, Hey, we had something there and I didn't go all in on it. So there's undeniably as, as much as that was a, a tough grind and it still is. Yes. To answer your question, it, it definitely opens up more avenues by doing it full time. And we could never keep up this production level um, with, without that. Yeah. And I guess that leads me to Pine Valley, you know, <laughs> because 
when I know I first touched base with you guys, I don't know who directly, if I, who I was speaking with through DMs and whatnot, but I think at it's the, the time mics. I was- The mics in, clearly talk. Mics. Yeah, so there you go. So I, at the yeah. time I was, in, I was in Cape Cod and I saw, and a lot of things that I do on our social media is like, let me just get lucky. Let me throw a DM out there. Maybe people respond. And I've been overwhelmed with yeah. how many people actually communicate that way. Never knew it. Um, and when you guys responded, I'm like, oh shit, this is, we're doing this. Like I, we're going to figure it out. And when you said you're playing Pine Valley, I was like, unreal that I had just was getting an invite the end of August to go play for the first time ever. And I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity for us to, to relive a dream. I'm sure for a lot of people, but getting that invite to there, no disrespect to all the other spots, but like we're talking Pine Valley. Yeah. Like how does that go about? Well, one thing, one I don't thing know if you're allowed to like, tell me. And I'll actually, can I add this? <laughs> yeah. Does the series go if you don't have Pine Valley? It's a great question. Yeah, we, so, yeah. Look, <laughs> from the start, the, the biggest challenge we had was that we like, we, we really wanted Pine Valley, but on the same token, we didn't want Pine Valley to be the whole story to the point where the other these other courses looked like just stepping stones or things that we needed to leverage to get to Pine Valley. We wanted Pine Valley to be the anchor that brought in the interest for people outside of New Jersey and be like, hey, it's the number one golf course, watch this, and then maybe they'll watch the rest of it. But we really truly felt like the story of the series was all those other clubs, you know, and we wanted to make sure that they all got their own independent, you know, attention. So I think we would have had a, a fantastic series even without Pine Valley. And we did not know that we were going to play it when we started the series. You know, we figured if anything, if we had to make a video at the very end where we just, you know, <laughs> or we're truthful to people, we, said, hey, that. we did our very best, but we couldn't play it. If we did, we did. But at the end of the day, we feel like we got some great because, you know, places like Baltusrol, I mean, the facility there, you just think like, Here's a, a a golf facility that has the number two and number four golf course in the state as their two courses. Like there's so, so much great stuff. We knew we would have a series, but as far as Pine Valley goes, you know, it's just like a lot of things that had to happen really well to make that. And there's no doubt that there was some luck on our side. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as much as we wanted to do like a real behind the scenes for this, you guys kind of know how the politics works of memberships and stuff. And there's a lot of people who are very cool about helping us, but didn't necessarily want to be forward facing with mm, it. Yep. So we can't really unveil who <laughs> our people were, who got us into certain positions. But what I can say is that we got very lucky that, that somebody uh, was able to get a membership yeah. and get in there. And we had Someone saw our relationship vision. And saw <laughs> our vision. And got us in there. So there's definitely some luck involved. And, and we we started this thing without knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. How does the idea come about? Like, are you guys just tossing it around? Or because it's a great idea. It's as you started with the courses here are, are second to none in our state compared to like you, you have maybe two, three other states in the country that could even be in the argument. And even then, mm. Mike and I both still think New Jersey's got it right. So. 
Yeah. I mean, how do you guys come up with, with that idea? Just bouncing ideas or, or that's just it. We're always coming like trying to come up with new series ideas, you know, for our travel for the for the following year. So this was just one of the ideas. And it's funny because the name changed so many times going throughout the series. It started as the road to Pine Valley, then it switched to like best in state, and then it switched to inside the gates. Um, and we were just kind of pivoting because again, we wanted to just make sure the focus was in the right spot uh for the audience. So I don't know, this is just one of the ones we said, hey, it'd be kind of cool to show in the audience almost like what it's like to be a member for a day, kind of, so to speak, mm-hmm. at some of the world's oldest and most private golf courses right here in the state that has so many. You know, there's just, like you said, there's just so much great golf. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's great country clubs, great golf courses in every state. You know, they've got, you know, your Muirfields and, and wherever you go, Ohio, it's got it. But I'm saying, like, here in New Jersey, what's insane is, you know, the U.S. Open stories, the history at Baltusrol, the Plainfield history of the Barclays. Like, there's so much stuff. Yeah. And there's a reason, like, Ridgewood, there's a reason why the tour comes through here or did come through here for so long. Plus, so many of, like, the, what we talked like, the Golden Age architects yeah. who really got that jump off here. And so much was influenced that spread out throughout the country. But, you know, one thing, like, you know, I see this a lot and, and and it's, I think it's a key for a lot of content creators who want to kind of stand out in, like I said, a, a, it's becoming a very saturated world is just like, look for whatever it is that you have, that you have a little bit of, of an edge on other people, like whatever. And everybody has some edge. Everybody has some angle that somebody else doesn't have. And like, so like, we're like, what is our edge? Like, well, our edge is that we are established here in Jersey and we already have connections to a couple courses. So, can we use that head start to kind of like do something that nobody else has done before, yeah. you know? And, and sometimes that edge is just knowledge that you have or an experience that you have that somebody else doesn't have. Like, look for that uniqueness that you can share. And for us, it was like, Hey, we had already on the channel. We had filmed a playing field. We had filmed Bayonne. We were like, Hey, we're slowly quietly stringing together the best in New Jersey as it is. Let's revisit and do it formally this time. Which is kind of funny, ultimately, that some of the places that we already filmed then said no for the series. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I think because the first time wasn't really uh, no, we did done a great job the first time. Yeah, but maybe without the right permission. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was years ago. We were younger. That's one of the things that I was talking about with uh, Mike. I think I brought it up with you, but but I was talking about with another friend of mine. He asked me, he's like, you guys have like this summer, we've played some phenomenal places, Mike and I. And he asked me, does it ever get diluted where it's like, like, what's the difference between the sixth ranked course in New Jersey and the seventh ranked course in New Jersey? Like you ever just kind of get like, yeah, okay. Another nice course. Like, okay. Yeah. Greens are green. They're fast. Or, or this has, has, you know, a lot of trees. This has yeah. no tree. It's just like, and, and I know I don't because uh, every time that we've played, it's, it's been a pinch me kind of moment. Like, of course, I've never thought that I would play. Is that the case for you guys? In the 11 years that you have here? So much variety, right? I mean, yeah. like, you just played Arcola, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the greens. You won't find those at any other golf course. No place in the world. The fastest greens, yeah. you can no go there. No place in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Plainfield. Some of those 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 false fronts, like that 11th hole, that par three, like, there are holes that are so dangerous. Like, you you won't get that at some of the – so everyone's got flavor, and they're also, in my opinion, pretty different. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I think I've never learned as much as I did doing this series. Like, I learned about Arc and Rainer and like what what certain how they went about and approached their their and like I said that history stuff kind of lights me up but I think the other part of it was because we involved the staff who were there 
that's what helped change it for us. Cause I think, yeah, if you just dumped somebody on a great golf course, it might just look like any other great golf course, but by interviewing them and finding out the backstories behind it, you know, the one club that was founded by women and how that story. That's landed, right. Like, Morris County. Morris yeah. County. That was so cool to hear. Right. Yeah. And, and we like, I think you wouldn't get that if you just got an invite, you went and played and you didn't really know the context. So I think for us, getting that context really kind of helped show how really different all of these experiences are. And I think the other thing for me was like, sometimes it's too, like you go in with such high expectations because you know, it's a high rank course and it's going to be great. And you've heard so much. And in so many ways they lived up to those expectations. But one of the best surprises for me was the courses that I hadn't heard of. Yeah. And, you know, playing them for the first time and just, not having high expectations to be honest and then being having that chance to be wowed and coming out and be like wow i didn't realize this place was right here and it's this great yeah mm -hmm. so i think that that's what helps keep that interest level up and if and i think it, no matter what if you dig a little deeper you'll find how truly different these courses are any courses disappoint you on this trip no okay I mean, yeah. the courses itself every time we were like wow like yeah, go in with no like high expectations and they still exceeded it yeah, I mean, even Canoebrook, our first episode, it's ranked 24 out of, out of the 25. And even that blew our minds. The, the yeah. thing with, that we discover with these courses is, and I'm not, I'm not knocking any other states or anything like that, but I guarantee you the top 15 in, in New Jersey, it's just because of the company it keeps that they, they can't be even ranked higher. Most of them would be top three in other states. Oh, no doubt. They were just, they're yeah. just so good. So none disappoint that I way. guess that leads me to Pine Valley again. Like walking those grounds... You know, I, I said it to Ryan that just going in the gate was like, I can't believe this is really happening when I got the invite. You go there, you see all these things about it, and, and you hear the stories about every hole is unique in its own little way, and it looks just yep. so amazing. But I left there, and I truly believed every aspect of that, that at some as, in some aspect, it's like indescribable. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, it's i said it was both better and harder than anything i could have thought yeah and i thought totally it was agree. it was really hard and really good you know yeah. and yeah. the only other thing i i kind of likened it to and i was explaining it to mike i go the only the only experience that i found that was kind of similar was for example my wedding right so i said for my wedding my wife and i spent a year or more planning it building building expectations the day came it was a lot of fun and it was here it was gone like that, yeah. that's what Pine Valley was for me. We got to 17 and I'm like, come on, it's almost over. I'm <laughs> like, no, like, like I, yeah. I didn't want it to end. And it was just like the day just, it, it we scored the perfect, it was everything. Day. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely perfect weather. Tell me you had the turtle soup. Didn't have the turtle soup and I'll tell you why. I wanted to experience it, but like, I would rather have it after the round. The way we structured it, we went out, we gotcha. played the, um, which, by the way, is its own incredible story is that 10-hole course. There's the nothing short. like that anywhere, the short course. So we played the short course, we had lunch, and then we went out and played. And, I did, and I'm like, so we did a little bit of a lighter lunch because we were going to you know, go walk it. But that was the one thing that everybody said to me. They said, Mike, because I, I had told only a few people because I didn't want I didn't want the member to be out it, and I, didn't want, I was like, I'm not going to try to do that. But they're like, listen – if you're going, you have to have turtle soup. And if anybody knows me, I am the pickiest person when it comes to certain foods. Like I know what I like and I, mm, that's it. Yeah. There's no, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you got to try this. I'm like, dude, I can't do it. But I, I ate it. And I said to Ryan afterwards, I said, I will gladly have another bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he said. It's so good. But you think snapper yeah. turtle soup? You're like, ah. Yep. We did have a cookie. <laughs> I did take a cookie on the way out. Definitely had a cookie. cookie. was good. 100%. But did you do yeah, the definitely. short course? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, my God. It's so, incredible. Yeah. I, and it's funny because when we left and, you know, the member said to me, like, well, what did you think of your, what did you think of it? I said, this place is just, I, I don't even have words. Yeah. I said, this is just like an experience I'll never forget. Got the bag, tag your names on it, the whole nine. You're treated like, like you're somebody. And no offense, at the end of the day, like I look at like who I am. I'm a gym teacher. That's what I do. I just was fortunate to go out there and play there. And I was like, I, I can't, you know, I could, I don't even know what to say. He's like, well, listen, I'll, I'd love to bring you back another time. I said, listen, I, I, if that happened, that's amazing. But this one time is something that I can't ever forget. Yeah. Well, you got that back tag on there, Mike. That means you're the best gym teacher out yeah. there, man. Yeah. <laughs> just that back tag makes you that much cooler. That's how I feel, at least. Listen, I don't know. Every time I look at that thing, I'm I like, thought wow. the, coo- the coolest thing is the no mulligans on the first yeah, tag. How great is that? Like something as yeah. simple as that. I'm like, dude, that's such a great touch. Yeah. There's it's there's cool. nothing it at is. that place that's just not perfectly thought out, perfectly taken care of. But man that the way to do it was that short course so if you get a chance to do it play that for because again like nothing and we've played so many golf courses i've never experienced this it's not just like the cradle or where they have like short courses it's 10 holes that are replicas of the approach shots and the par threes that you are going to play so you're getting it at that oh, wow. yeah, you're, you're getting a little yes. taste so like it's pretty spot on every too. one of them is a replica mm. Of that whole, like, so you have your par threes, but then they set you up some, like, it's like 300 yards. They set you up for a par five for your two approach shots in. So you get a feel for it before you go out and play it. And it's like, it's got to be the best way on earth to warm up for golf. That's really interesting. I didn't know they had that there. Yeah. I did, I, yeah, I, that didn't even cross my mind to ask any favors while I was there. It was just like, <laughs> let me just like take this whole thing right. in. Yeah. Mike actually tiptoed. Um, he wore slippers there as to not yeah. leave any footprints. He just that's the way to do it. I got lost in the pro shop. I got lost in the pro shop just trying to. I want this. I want yeah. that. Oh, I want yeah. this. That's know. the number one question um, we get in the DMs is how much do you guys spend at the pro shop? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> unveil all that plus what we purchased. I, I think yeah, coming up. I was gonna say what's the answer? Oh, but yeah. if we're gonna too much yeah. is the answer. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Would I be crazy to say that? And I don't even know if you want to answer this question, but was there a favorite spot in inside the gates? And I thought the title was phenomenal too, by the way. Really I was. That was like Thanks. a perfect, perfect title for, for that series. But what is it fair to ask that question? Do you have a favorite? And I'm not don't count Pine Valley no, because we do X Pine I'm Valley. sure that would be number one. Yeah. I, is there is there one or you don't want to say? I, I and I respect. No, I think it there's a don't. few. There's a few. Like I like, and if I don't say, this doesn't mean I didn't like it. But I mean, I, there's something about Essex County to me that I, I don't know because it's because of all the history there and all the and the access and and t- getting taken in there and, and as well as Hollywood going in the vault, which yeah. you'll see Hollywood in, in a couple weeks. We got to go down there. I think where we got that access to me was the my favorite. You know, I think some of those uh, yeah, it was, moments it was, wise, I don't was, really know. Again, like the different people and being doing this collaborative effort, like Essex was cool because they like they called us up even after we filmed it. And they're like, hey, guys, while we were digging through the vault, we found we found this old footage from 1929 or 26 or whatever. And if you guys can help us like digitize it and stuff, then you guys can use it. So we went back down there and we we helped them with that. We got it all digitized so we could use it. But 
like Mike was saying before, the experience is like st- spending the spending night the in night. the Baltusrol clubhouse yeah. was like, again, those pinch me moments. Is this really happening? Or like being there at Hollywood on that 17th as the sun's setting perfectly. It's just like those things that are burned into your memory oh, yeah. that you'll literally never forget. But we just, we just, it was the people, man. I'll keep coming back to it. We yeah. met so many people along the way and that they, the people who offered their time sat down and then just like, Sure, we went in there with some ideas of questions we wanted to ask. You know, you you go to the, from what you know, or you go to the uh, the about us page yeah. for like the, the, the <laughs> some of these courses we hadn't played before, and we're trying to do our research. But you don't realize the gems you uncover until you're there, and you start asking questions, and they start telling you things, and you're like, whoa, like that's what was the favorite really crusp of it. Yeah, and they keep like tumbling. Like the more you uncover, the more there is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That redo that they did from before to after, going back, they used all kinds of like, they went to the um, to the um, Air Force or like the, the Army that used to, and got aerial photos from like the 1920s to help with that redo. So like they could see what it looked like from above. Yeah. It, like it was awesome. I don't know if you go into all that, but it was really, really intricate what they did there. And we got that, to uncover some of that, but I'll tell you, that's the only thing I could, if I could redo it, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be to spend even more time. Cause you can, in the time, like you understand, we, we show up usually a little bit before we, if they have time, we'll do some interviews and we'll go out and play the course. Like you could spend a week at these golf courses and doing a full documentary about all the history and still not uncover it all. So I just feel like we still, as much as we tried to dig deep, we left a lot of stones still unturned. So I don't know. A revisit maybe in the cards one day. Maybe there's a season two coming up. Exactly. That's the plan. That is the plan to keep this thing going and and continue. I mean, maybe it's, you know, inside the gates, Pebble Beach edition next year, something or something like that where we hit the West Coast. We don't know. But that's all part of the planning process that does come up for us this time of year. So it's exciting. Very cool. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to head south to Jupiter because you'll get yeah. you, could, you could be playing golf course at the golf course down there. But <laughs> yeah. But listen, I, I swear to God, I think this is something I could Ryan and I yeah. could talk to you guys for hours yeah. about all this stuff. So I can't thank you guys enough for giving us some time today to come on the show. And I can't well, you know, you. can't recommend it enough that if the audience has not checked it out inside the gates, it, it's an unbelievable series tapping into all the good golfing here in the Garden State. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. And you very good much. luck Appreciate with everything it. you guys got going on. Keep grinding. Keep growing. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. We'll Thanks, talk to guys. you soon. You got it. Thanks. Take care.